Thanks for joining us on this week's Real Life Church podcast. We'd love to know if God is using this ministry to bless you in some way. And if you'd like to share your story or know more about getting involved at Real Life Church, you can visit us on our website at livereallife.com today. For what God is doing. And I'm going to conclude my series today called For the Next Generation. I've enjoyed this series. And I know it's helped a lot of people, and I'm excited to, to conclude this series. And then I'm going to do a two-part series starting next week called Salt and Light. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to get salty. Look at your other neighbor and say, you are salty. <laughs> and so uh, we're going to start that series for two weeks. And then I'm going to be doing, starting uh, September after uh, the holiday, we're going to start a series on relationships, and I'm going to do a, it's called a, a survival guide for relationships. How many know we need some, some guidance in the area of relationships? And so uh, we're going we're gonna to tackle some of those issues in September. I would encourage you to invite a friend to that series. Um, if you know people that are struggling in their relationships, their marriage, raising kids, all that sort of stuff, we'd love for you to invite them during that series. It's a great series. September's a great time for people to come back to church. Or, sorry, just keep that now. Let me check something real quick. Might just be me, everybody. Technology. We've had a we've had a whopper of a morning. Let me tell you. Thank God for our worship team and our sound guys that know how to fix things. Come on, give them a big hand clap. And so, anyway, that series will be a great series for you to invite a friend to. And uh, today, we're going to conclude our series, week one of for the next generation. Uh, we talked about the foundation to fight for the next generation. We talked about fighting for the next generation. And uh, the second week, we talked about influencing the next generation, how we're going to influence the next generation. And uh, some of you might say, well, my, you know, I don't have kids or my kids are grown and they're out of the house. Let me just, let me just explain something to you. This is not a, 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 a message for just people that work with students or work with kids or, or those that, um, you, know, you, know, you know, have kids. This is an all-church message because this is one of our vision value pillars, if you would, is that we would, we would begin to reach more of the next generation, that we pour more resources into the next generation, that we, we, are, we are preparing the facility, not for just us to have a good facility to be in, but for our kids and for, for their kids, and God will, will use that, and I believe that's not the first one. I believe there'll be more of, of those. Amen. Come on, somebody. And so for the next generation, and uh, God's given us plans and strategic ideas on how to reach the next generation. And so uh, today I want to talk to you and close this series out with, with the title of Empowering the Next Generation. How do we empower them? And uh, I really feel like the Lord gave me a big idea for this message. And uh, here's what I want you to know today is life is not a sprint. Life is not a marathon. Life is a relay race. Now, the most crucial point in every relay race is going to be the handing of the baton, that there's a point where the runner in front must be running at a certain pace. If not, the tension there is they will drop the baton. Check this video out for me real quick. So Great Britain in six, the United States in seven, Jamaica on the inside in four. You've got the newly crowned women's 100-meter and 200-meter champions in this race. Set. Final of the women's 4x100 away. 
Team USA in lane seven, all in blue, third from the right. Nice start for Desiree Bryant of the United States, but Jamaica off to a great start as well. Shelly Ann Fraser Price has the baton in her hand, trying to keep pace with the United States down the back stretch. Look at her go. The red hair, the yellow top. What a leg from Shelly Ann Fraser Price for Jamaica. Jamaica, USA, and Great Britain all with a chance with one pass to go. Look at Jamaica now. Janelle Smith with a brilliant third run. Hands it over. Look out. Sharika Jackson is just sprinting away. Here comes. Watch the second leg down the back straight. A real head-to-head -head between Shelley and Fraser Price. Oh, a real shame just seeing pictures here. The Chinese having all sorts of problems. And we're just uh, showing why their race unfolded. But what's funny about this video is that when I was watching it, notice what they said, this was the last leg. And they, they were, this was the last exchange. And what I found interesting about this was uh, not just the dropping of it. It's kind of funny if you think about it. But that's how, that's how a lot of people are in their life right now. We're, 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 uh, we don't think legacy. We don't think the next generation. And, and we're fumbling the baton because we don't know what to pass on. And a lot of times, you know, like this, they ended up losing, and she, she went back to the thing to try to get them. She was all messed up. And I think that's what a lot of people look like today when it comes passing the baton to the next generation. And, and when it comes to empowering the next generation, we have to understand that this, this is a, a, a relay race. This is not a, a sprint or a marathon. And, and, and here's, the, here's kind of the thought this morning is that empowering the next generation has more to do with passing on the baton of character and significance than it does the baton of responsibility and success. This is kind of what the Lord showed me about the big idea of this message, was that we're so focused sometimes that we know one day we're going to leave this planet and we want to leave our kids something that's important. But at the end of the day, what are we passing on Right now, you realize that you are setting up to hand the baton to the next generation at some point, and what you do in your leg of the race is going to determine what's put into their hand. And what we have to understand is a lot of time we're pursuing success and responsibility, and we think, oh, well, that's what we're going to pass on. Well, more than that, what I want my kids to know when I leave is character and significance, because significance isn't about me. Significance is about others. See, the reason we're so focused on success is because success is about us. And we want to pass success on, and we want to teach our kids how, for, how it to be about them versus them learning how to, to be about others. And so significance is greater than success, as is character and responsibility. How many know you can, be, uh, you can handle responsibility well, but if you do it with a tainted character, Really, you're not, you're not living in that true place of responsibility. And what we're passing on is not just tasks to our kids. We're not just passing on tasks to the next generation. We're passing on who we are. Hear me now. This is why we are where we are today. A lot of people's like, well, it's this generation's fault. The next generation's all messed up. Hold on a second. They got it from somewhere. Come on, somebody. <laughs> 
They got it from somewhere. Somebody put a baton in their hand, and you're like, well, why isn't the young people on fire for God? It's, it's because they looked in the mirror and saw you. Oh, that was strong, wasn't it? Why isn't my kid reading his Bible? They don't ever see you doing it. Right, I say all those things not to be harsh and condemning, because, but I want you to know there has to be a shift in your life, and the shift is not too late to shift. Look at your neighbor and say, shift. Look at your other neighbor and say, shift happens. Come on, somebody. Come on, we, we got to shift. We got to shift. And so it's not too late to shift. And so Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3 says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, that's those that have went to heaven, they're looking over the, the grandstands of heaven and they're cheering us on in this race. It says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. He tells us we must throw something off. And then he says, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. See, if we're going to empower the generation that's below us and we're going we're to empower the next generation, it can't be us just necessarily focusing on the next generation. We have to focus on us because what us is is what us is going to be handed on to them. And so he tells us to focus on something, he's, and he starts, to, he starts to gnaw at your character. He says, throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so entangles you and teach the next generation to run with endurance the race that's marked out for us. He gives us a, a prescription here in this passage. And so the question this morning is how, or the, the thought this morning, how do we run our race or how we run our race determines what we pass on. We have to run our leg well. God is calling the church to a place where we are learning to run our leg well. And there's a few thoughts within this passage that I think is gonna help you this morning on how we're gonna empower the next generation. Empowering the next generation is about us focusing on us. Number one, you gotta throw something off. He tells us in Hebrews 12, he says, throw off everything that hinders and the sin that's so easily done. Did you notice their uniforms in that, that running? Do you notice their little uniforms that got the little Speedo thing on, a little tight action? You know what I'm saying? That doesn't happen. I don't, I, you'll never see me in that outfit. Amen. <laughs> now, my wife might. Amen. Oh, sorry. Praise God. That's for the relationship series. Amen. She's been away from Florida, so amen. You know what I'm saying? Sorry. My son's on the front row like, what the heck, Dad? <laughs> Ooh, she's, she's cute. <laughs> anyway, sorry. At least I, at least I digress. We have to throw something off. And so relay teams, the uniforms are strategic. They don't, come to the, they don't come to the line looking like this guy here. Do they? They don't, they don't come looking like this guy. right? They don't come weighed down with stuff. Look at this guy. He's got, he's got all his. Hold, hold tight, bro. I'm just turning you so they can see the back. Jesus, hold tight. They don't come to the race in their flannel shirt. And their bag full of what in the world? Books. Oh, I ain't opening it. 
You got lots of baggage, bro. And then you got your you got your uh, you got your moon boots on there. Anybody remember moon boots? You guys from the, no? None of the young people do, but I do. Remember them things that were okay. And so anyway, you don't come to the starting line looking like this. How many know that if you come to the starting line looking like this, first off, everybody's gonna look at you crazy. Secondly, how many know you ain't gonna even have a chance to win? Here's what Jesus tells us in Hebrews 12. If you're going to run well, you can't look like Connor. <laughs> no, you're good, buddy. You shaved. You're good. The point is, is that you can't, you can't run this race with Jesus. And see, here's what we do is we take the verse that says we must persevere. So what we do is we think, well, let me just persevere with all my stuff. Jesus isn't asking you to carry the weight around the racetrack. He's telling you to throw it off because it's going to hinder your weight, your race. It's going to hinder your ability to be successful, to pass on something to the next generation. If you run your race looking like this, this is what you pass on. Come on, somebody. Thanks, Connor. Give Connor a big hand clap. You come, you come and you look like that at the starting blocks. Listen to what the NLT says. Let us sling off every weight and sin which easily clings to us. Come on, God wants, to get, God wants you to get down to your spiritual skibbies. Come on. He wants, you to, he wants you to throw it off. He don't want you to persevere with the weight on. Well, you know, and that's false humility. Well, I've got a lot on my tray and on my plate, and I got this weight on my back, and I'm persevering through life right now. You're in, you're in the wrong when it comes to what Jesus has for your life. If you're trying to carry something that you were not meant to carry, and what he's trying to communicate to you is throw off the thing that you're carrying and throw it on the cross because I already took it. You don't need to carry it. You don't need to run through life all heavy and jacked up. You need to throw it off and you need to throw it on the cross because I already took it for you and I already paid for it. He said, I want you to run the race light. Throw it off. You got to throw something off. See, a weight is this. He, this. This word weight means anything that would obstruct or impede our progress. Whew. Anything that's impeding your progress, anything that is an obstruction, to you fulfilling the race that God has for you, he says, throw it off. Addiction, throw it off. Gossip, throw it off. Unforgiveness, throw it off. Idols, throw it off. Church hurt, throw it off. Come on, somebody. But listen, here's what we've done. We're waiting for Jesus to throw it off. Jesus isn't going to take the weight and toss it for you. He says, you throw it off. In other words, how do we throw it off? It's called Monday morning, 6 o'clock. I'm going to get up and I'm going to pray and I'm going to read the word and I'm going to throw that stuff off of me. I'm going to worship and I'm going to magnify God and I'm going to throw it off of me. I'm going to replace my weight with who Jesus is in his word. And when you start to discover that, all of a sudden you start to throw this stuff off. Listen, your secret sin. Your secret sin today has the potential to surface in your sons and daughters. Think about that, mom and dad, just for a minute. 
your secret sin has the potential to show up in your sons and daughters if you don't deal with it. If you don't throw it off, if you don't deal with it and throw it off and start heading down a new direction, those things have the ability to surface in your sons and daughters. Throw something off. If we're going to empower the next generation, we got to throw some stuff off. Secondly, run your race. Look at your neighbor and say, your race. Your race. Run your race. Jesus tells us this in Hebrews. He says, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. You know, I've, I've grown up around sports, and my kids played sports, and you play sports, like, for example, you play basketball, you play soccer. How many know there's lines on the court or on the field? There's an out-of-bounds mark. If you're running a relay race, there's lines. Somebody came out and painted those lines before you came out to run. And uh, if you step over into somebody else's lane, you're disqualified. If you, if you go outside the lines on a basketball court, you're out-of-bounds, and you turn it over to the other team. If you're on the soccer field and, and you cross the line, then you turn it over to the other team. I believe the enemy gets his greatest empowerment in our life when we don't stay in our lane. He says, he says this, he says, we turn the ball over to him a lot. He says this, he says, there is a race that is marked out for you. Listen, God drew the lines for your race. Hear me, God drew the lines for your race. He then created you with a divine design. He wired you with a gift that you must discover. He, 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 he wired you with the gift, and he created you, and he marked out for you a race. What will empower the next generation more than anything else is this, watching you run your race. The next generation needs somebody to look to, and, and as they look to us running our race, it empowers them to run theirs. But if they look at us and we're all over in somebody else's lane, come on somebody, and we're all over meddling in somebody else's business, we're over here in somebody else's lane, he tells us to run it faithfully. He tells us to run it bravely. He tells us to run it boldly. He tells us to run it with humility. Listen, we are examples of what it means to run our race hard for God. Run your race. Number three, fix your eyes on Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. See, the word fixing means this. It means to lock eyes with Jesus and not let anything break your gaze. So I'm running my race for God, and I'm running hard, which means I'm not looking at the person next to me. We are living in a culture of comparison, and we're constantly stumbling over into somebody else's lane, and we're constantly watching somebody else, and we're constantly comparing, I ain't running as good as them. I'm over here getting all out of whack and can't run like they do. Listen to me this morning. Comparison in this society, we're in others' lanes, we're, we're meddling in other people's business. You know if you would stay out of people's business, 
you could run your race effectively? You know if you would stop talking about the person that's running the lane next to you, you could run your race effectively? If you'd stop worrying about how they're running their race and you start worrying about how you run your race and you fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, if you start to fix your eyes on Jesus and you start looking at Jesus and you start paying attention to Jesus, all of a sudden God is going to move in your life. I love Paul in Philippians chapter 3. Music can, there we go. Philippians chapter 3, amen. Verse 12, in the Passion Translation says this. Listen to the wording in this passage. My passion is to be consumed with him. Listen to this. He's telling you, fix your eyes on Jesus and not cling to my own righteousness based in keeping the written law. In other words, your own righteousness is religious practices that think get you accepted to God. Then he goes on to say, my only righteousness will be his. Based on the faithfulness of Jesus Christ, the very righteousness that comes from God. And I continually long to know the wonders of Jesus and to experience the overflowing power of his resurrection working in me. He says, I will be one with him in his sufferings and become like him in his death. Only then will I be able to experience complete oneness with him in his resurrection from the realm of death. Verse 12, I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing. He tells us that my passion is to be consumed with him. I'm fixing my eyes upon him. And if there's anybody, the apostle Paul, shipwrecked three times, beaten with rods, on a missionary journey for Jesus and and, and came against the opposition. He says this, my passion is to be consumed with him. And he says, I haven't acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing, but I run with passion into his abundance so that I may reach the purpose for which Christ Jesus laid hold of me to make me his own. He says, I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. Focus. Fix your eyes. Paul says, here's my focus. I forget all of the past as I have fastened my heart to the future. He says, I forget my past and I attach my heart to the future. What's the future? There'll be a day. Well, we'll stand before him, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we'll be asked two questions. I really believe this. What'd you do with Jesus? And what'd you do with what I gave you? There's this moment that's gonna happen and Paul's saying, listen, I'm experiencing what I'm experiencing. I'm running my race. And then he says, I'm forgetting all the past as I fashion my heart to the future. Verse 14, I run straight. I'm running the race that's marked out for me for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. Paul was trying to communicate to us, fix and focus your eyes on Jesus. If we are going to empower the next generation, it's not gonna be a system of just principles and programs 
It's going to be our heartfelt passion fixing our eyes on him. And when we do that, all of a sudden something is transferred. My question this morning is what are you fixing your eyes on? Where your gaze goes, so goes your life and legacy. My wife hates the way I drive. How many know if you constantly look back when you're driving, you're gonna end up in a ditch? I'm constantly looking, hey, do you see that there? And the car goes whatever direction I'm looking. That's how our lives go. Our lives are the same way if we constantly look at the past and we're focused on the past. We're gonna end up wrecking our life. We're gonna pass on a mess. We're gonna pass on the weight. God says, throw it off. God says, run your marked race. And he says, fix your eyes on Jesus. And finally, finish strong. Finish strong. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number three says this, consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. If we could just kind of just just for this one moment, nobody moving around. Listen, he says, consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. The Lord, at this point in my study time, wanted me to tell you this, your opportunity has not been forfeited and it's not too late. Some of you think it's because the baton you've been handed. So as I was sitting at my desk, I found these, I ordered these batons and I started to write on them, different words. And you know, we've all been handed a baton in life from our parents, from mentors. We've been given, we've been given a baton in this life that we're running with. And this baton, we will pass on to our kids and they'll pass on to their kids and we're gonna pass it on as a church to the next generation. But I wrote some words down on this, things like abuse and abandonment, divorce, greed, success, addiction, lack of self-worth, poverty, Entitlement, insecurity and fear, worry and loneliness, religion, toxic, unhealthy relationships, toxic mindsets, and victim mentality. See, this is the baton that was in my hand. When I was sitting at my desk, I started to realize that this is the baton that I was handed. But then God took me a little bit further and maybe this is the baton that you've been handed and you've been handed some stuff and you're carrying a baton of stuff. But here's what begins to happen is I carry this in life and all of a sudden there comes a moment, May of 1994, where I'm running with this baton of loneliness and and greed and and poverty mindset and orphan spirit and I'm running with this in my life for about 18, 19 years. And in May of 1994, I said yes to Christ. I was a drug addict. 
was in my bedroom. I wasn't in the church. I wasn't in a religious situation. I, I never went to church as a kid. And I, I remember May of 1994, I had come home from a party and I went into my bedroom and I cried out to this Jesus and I said, if you're real, change me. Within 10 minutes, I was completely sober, completely detoxed from all drugs and all of that in my entire life. God instantaneously set me free in 10 minutes. I got up from there and I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna go to Bible school. I go to Bible school, I don't know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, none of that thing, man. I'm in the table of contents at Bible school. I didn't read the Bible growing up. I didn't have a Bible growing up. And you know, they get into books like Zephaniah and I'm like, what? What's Zephaniah? And I'm in table of the contents and I don't know anything and they're asking me what I'm gonna be and I'm like, I don't know what I wanna be. I just, I just wanna know. The one that set me free from this. Because I believe May of 1994, God took the baton that I was handed that I would eventually pass on to my kids in May of 1994, he gave me a brand new one. It was a clean slate. It was a new baton. And he gave me a baton and he gave me a pen. And he said, Jason, it's up to you to write the next part of your story. So now on my baton, as I'm going through life, all of a sudden now I can put something on here like, forgiveness see I forgave the ones that had damaged me over the years and now the baton that I'm going to hand on my kids is to teach them forgiveness love no longer looking for love in all the wrong places no longer living this life of of, of promiscuity but all of a sudden now I had come in contact with the love of God, May of 1994. And now all of a sudden I'm teaching my kids now, I'm teaching the next generation how to love. He's for me. He doesn't condemn me, he doesn't judge me, he doesn't push me over, he doesn't push me down, he picks me up. When I can't pick up myself, he picks me up. He's for me. I'm healed. I'm healed physically, emotionally, and spiritually. See what you have to understand, church? is this is the baton now that I will pass on to my kids. This baton no longer exists because of Jesus. And when I said yes to Jesus, the blood of Jesus came in and he delivered me and he set me free and he put a new baton in my my hand and he said, Jason, ride it. Teach them how to run their race. You're healed, you're forgiven, you're transformed. Now all of a sudden, now you can be make a difference in the earth and this is what you will hand to the next generation. Can I tell you today, church, when you said yes to Christ, 
this baton. God wiped it away. The Bible says that he took every transgression against us and he nailed it to the cross. The Bible says that he made a show of principalities and powers in the devil. He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in the crucifixion and the resurrection. So I, I want to say this to a dad or a mom that you think your race has been forfeited because of this baton. Now, if you have or haven't, maybe today you haven't said yes to Christ and you say yes to Christ today, he's going to put a baton in your hand and he's going to put a pen in your hand and he's going to say, write your story. And whatever you write is what you'll pass on. Maybe today you say, Pastor, I've been in church my entire life. I didn't know that God had put a new baton in my hand. Can I tell you this? As far as the east is from the west, your sin's been forgiven. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, that behold, now you're a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. God's not holding your sin over your head. He gave you a new baton to begin to write a new story. And today we're out with the old, as Paul said, and I'm not looking to my past anymore, but I'm looking to my future and I'm gonna write a new story and I'm gonna hand a new baton to the next generation. It's going to be filled with healing. It's going to be filled with transformation. It's going to be filled with perseverance. It's going to be filled with prayer. It's going to be filled with fasting. It's going to be filled with Bible reading. It's going to be filled with worship. That's the baton I'm going to hand on to the next generation. Guess what? Our church has a baton in its hand. God wants us to write on this baton what we're going to hand down to the next generation. When kids watch you worship on Sunday, when your daughter looks up at you, what are they seeing on your baton that you're writing for them? When you're at home, what are you writing on the baton? Some of you today, God wants you to know that you can throw it off you can run your race, you can fix your eyes on Jesus, and you can finish strong. This is how we empower the next generation. Close your eyes and bow your heads this morning. If you're in this place today, you say, Pastor, I need, to, I need a new baton. I haven't said yes to Christ. Maybe you're a young person, you're like, hey man, like I don't even understand baton. Start riding on it now. Start making changes now. Start worshiping now. Start praying now. Start writing on the baton now. Start watching your parents write on the baton and then pass it on to you. Maybe in this place you say, Pastor, I never accepted Jesus. Maybe you've walked away from Jesus. Maybe you're just mad. You're just angry with life. Some of you don't even want to be here. Let me tell you, you're at a crossroads in your life today. And God wants you to know that he's for you, not against you. God has never been your problem. He's always been your answer. He died on the cross for you. He rose from the dead for you. He gave his life for you. And today he wants to put a new baton in your hand. 
If you're in this place or you're watching online today, you say, Pastor, I need Jesus to take the baton that I've been handed and to dip it in the blood of Jesus today and wash me white as snow. Maybe you're backslid in this room and you're like, man, like this is challenging. I need to get my life right with God. If you're in this place today, you say, Pastor, that's me. I'm just gonna pray for you. I'm not gonna call you forward or anything weird. I just wanna pray for you, but I wanna know who I'm praying with today. On any of those occasions, you say, that's me, Pastor. Will you raise up your hands? I wanna pray for you today. If you're in this place, yeah. Who else today says, I, I want that prayer? Yes. Maybe you're in this place today and we're gonna come bring this prayer together. Maybe you're in this place and you feel like you forfeited. You didn't know God was putting a new baton in your hand with a new pen to write a new story. Maybe today you're in this room and you say, Pastor, I feel like I forfeited things in my life. Today's a new day for you. By the power of the grace and the presence of God, there's freedom. You say, that's me, Pastor. I feel like I forfeited. I dropped the baton like the relay race runners did. But today I'm going to pick up my baton and I'm going to run successfully. If that's you, you say, Pastor, I feel like I forfeited. Just raise up your hands. I want to pray for you too because I think there's a special something for you. Yeah? Something special. Yes, I see your hands. Father, today we pray and thank you for the Holy Spirit in this room moving on the hearts of your people. Thank you today for those, Lord, that want to come back home to you. And Lord, I'm praying for those, Lord, that, that have forfeited, that feel like they've forfeited. I pray today, Lord, by the power and the grace of God, that, Lord, you would release forgiveness and freedom in this place. I pray today, Lord God, that, that as they hear the word, that the very shackles of insignificance, worry, fear is broken off of them today. That, Lord, you are calling them with a new pen to write a new story. And as they write this story, Lord, with you, as you lead and guide them, as they write on their batons of their world, Lord God, as we write as a church a story written on our lives that will pass down to the next generation, that when they look up at us, they'll see us running hard for you. They'll see us fixing our eyes on you. They'll see us not getting in others. They'll see us finishing. They'll see us working. They'll see us perseverance. Lord, I pray today that, Lord, right now, that that heavy burden that people are feeling, I just pray right now, it lifts. Let the cloud be gone. Let new vision come. Let the fog be removed. Let the deception tactics of the enemy broken and let the life of God fill you today. In the name of Jesus, we decree and we declare it. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give the Lord a big hand clap today, somebody. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. Be sure to connect with us on social media, the RLC app, and online at livereallife.com.